Digital Marketing Radio, episode 120. Is it still necessary to be creative to build a great website? DigitalMarketingRadio.com Today's episode is brought to you by Aweber. Build your email list, engage your subscribers, do email the right way. I've arranged a special deal for all Digital Marketing Radio listeners, and that's a 60-day free trial with the email marketing software provider I use, Aweber. Lock in your 60-day free trial, plus download a free guide called Getting Started with Email at aweber.com slash DMR. So just go to aweber.com slash DMR to get started today. The big interview with David Bain. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by someone who helps creative people transition into being successful creative freelancers with website makeovers, e-courses, and public speaking. He's also spoken at TEDx, and while there, took time to roll around the floor as a cat. Welcome to DMR, Jonathan Tilly. Thank you for having me. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me. It's great to have you here. Um, well, you can find Jonathan over at jonathantilly.com. So, Jonathan, in a world where there are so many wonderful website templates, is it still necessary to be a creative to build a great website? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean, what's what's wonderful is that we have, comparatively speaking, and with within the past the past five five years, all these beautiful templates have come out. We have these wonderful opportunities to to just plug and play, basically. But I still think that that we need a little bit of a a human eye and a bit of human creativity to sort of make that that website or make your website more personalized and make it feel one hundred percent like you. So definitely, we de- we still need a bit of cre- our own creativity to to create a website that that feels like you. Right. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I remember years ago getting started in Dreamweaver and um, taking ages to actually design web pages. Um, and um, obviously now it's so much easier to actually get your website up there. Yeah. But I guess if your website looks like everyone else, then um, customers aren't going to find you distinctive. And um, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, I mean, what are f- a few of the things that perhaps someone could do to make their site more distinctive? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so I believe that there are, there are five things that you can do to make, make you shine online, so to say. Okay. Um, and, um, and those things are, uh, number one, to have a responsive website. I think um, 60%, and it's only 2015, 60% of, of all people that are using the internet are on their smartphones. So if your website is not responsive, then people are going to be, you know, doing the pinch and the and the yeah. drag, and, and it's just not really user friendly. But the thing is that seven eighths out of all the websites that are on the internet are non responsive. So even, we, even after mobile getting, yeah, you know, so it's it's like uh, okay, you have a website, great, but is it responsive? Not really, you know. Um, and I mean, we all know we all know that feeling when. You, you give a website 10 minutes to load, and if, if it doesn't load, you move on to something else, yeah. right? So if your website isn't responsive... You, do you, you said 10 minutes there, didn't you? Oh, 10 seconds, yes, sorry. 10 seconds, yeah. Unless you're really patient. Yeah, you know, exactly. 10, 10 seconds, um, then then people are just going to move on and, and, and forget about you. Um, and the second thing is that um, you need a logo. And it's so easy nowadays just to, you know, go to... Fiverr and ask somebody to do a logo for you that looks generic. Um, but you know, if, if in, in the industry that you're in, if if your logo isn't as instantly recognizable as the Apple logo, as the Whole Foods logo, as the Visa Mastercard logo, 
you know, that, that's what you're aiming for. Even if you're a small business or even if you're a solo entrepreneur, you know, um, your logo needs to really stand out and not look like it was created on Fiverr. It needs to look professional. Mm. I, I mean, certainly with uh, designing a logo, I mean, I, I used to live in Edinburgh, actually, um, and so did a guy called David Airy, and he was a, a, a really uh, successful logo designer, and he's got... Um, tens of thousands of uh, Twitter designers and um, uh, written a few books in logo design. And one of the, th- uh, the things that he said was it's important to actually make a logo really, really simple. And it's actually yeah. it takes a lot um, of hard work to make a logo simple. Yeah. Um, do, do you think that that's probably one of the biggest mistakes that people make with logo design, that actually try and complicate it too much? 100%. I think a lot of people try to, to make it um more complicated than it is or make it make it look flashy when really it just needs to be really, really simple. The simpler it is, the better. And it just like the, like, what's that quote? You know, um, it's design is all about taking, good design is all about taking away instead mm-hmm. of adding to it, which is sometimes the hardest thing to do. You know, just taking something away and still seeing if the eye can recognize or recognize it or what the feel and, and energy is of that logo and if it still represents that person or that or that company. So should you generally give a designer completely um, the, the ability to actually design whatever they want or should you actually go to them with initial concepts and a, a color palette to begin with? Um, I think it's a great question because <laughs> some, sometimes you get the yeah do whatever you want and then then you give it to the client and they go that's not what I want. Mm. That, that's not what I was thinking, you know? So I, I think first and foremost, you have to have a, a definite communication, really re- be clear on what the client wants and what the client doesn't want. Um, and if the client, the more, the more that the client can give you in the sense of, I like this or I don't like that, then that gives the designer much more clarity. And then the designer can figure out, okay, this logo would maybe fit to this person instead of just creating anything which is is great but you sort of need a bit of a structure to to keep the keep the focus instead of going off on a tangent and of course the logo has got to look good on a small smartphone device as yeah. it does on a on a big website as well and that that's challenging as well exactly exactly and um another thing you put you point out actually in your your five elements in your website is your about page now a lot of people don't have an about page um linked to certainly from the top navigation section do you think it's important first of all to link to from that top section and sorry i'll let you answer that part first keep going keep going and um and if so i was just going to say what actually should be the important elements of an about page um, I think, well, first and foremost, it depends on who you are and what you do, right? So mm-hmm. if, if you, if you are, if it's your first name, last name.com, you know, and it's pretty good to have it. I would say you should definitely have an about page um, or an about thing on your menu on the, on the top of your, of your menu options so that, that people can learn more about you. Um, if you're, if you are a digital agency, then it might be more about us or about the agency, or if it's a, if it's a Fortune 500 company, then you might not want to have an about page about the CEO or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. But it, 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 I think it just depends on on who you are and what you do. Um, but I, I definitely think that that the about page is something that a lot of people overlook. It's the other than than your landing page. It's the second most clicked on page of your website if you have an about page. That is, um, and the majority of the people make the make the. <laughs> make it more about them instead of how they can help others. Mm. So for example, if you are a 
if if you were offering your services and you and in your about page you go me 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 I'm awesome these are the clients I've worked for you'd be stupid not to hire me versus these are the types of people that I help this is why I love helping them and you might be one of them is it a match you know so it it, ha- it has a totally different feel to me 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 when it should be all about how you help other people that's that's lovely I, I think i'll replay that bit myself that's uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of great advice there um, it's it's so easy just to start writing and think oh i've just got to get this page written and, uh, and up there but um if you're not saying the right things if you're not um touching the the right points um yeah. w- within someone's mentality then um, what, what's the point in having the page up there exactly, exactly. and and, and what, what about quantity of content um sh- should it be just a few hundred words should it be pictures should it be videos on there or does it not really matter that much for the about page do you yes mean? yeah um also it depends on it depends on who you are and what you do and the people that you're helping so for example there's a there's a um one of one of my friends, she's a she's a um, also a graphic designer and branding expert, Sarah Hart, and her she's very flowery and bloomy and and just she's a ball of sunshine and she's very girly and it's and the majority of her of her following are um, are female entrepreneurs, so her her about page is like this beautiful picture journey through the woods of of you know are you are you one of my one of my buddies, you know, sort of thing. It's really beautiful and it fits to who she is right. versus, um, you know, for example, uh, I just, I just did a, a website for a voiceover artist, you know, and, and the content of, of a voiceover artist is basically your demos, a few videos, a little bit about you and then how to contact. So the, the content's much smaller, you know, and, and her, her about page was, Maybe I'd say half of an, if it was on a printed on a normal piece of paper, it was maybe half the size of, of that, of that piece of paper. And, um, and it was about, you know, true about the clients that she's, she's worked for, but why she's worked for those clients and why though, and why her voice matched those clients and why her voice could match the person that's reading this about page and how her voice can help that client's get the things that they need from from the voice of objective there that they may be offering her so they she made it all about the person reading the the about page versus all about her and all the awesome clients that she has and that's it so it, i think it depends on who you are what you do um and sometimes you don't need you know a lot of pictures and 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 videos and sometimes you just need a really clear half a page of of some text and that's it Got you, completely got you. So the style of content essentially depends on your personality and the personality of your prospective customers or clients. Exactly, exactly. Okay. And um, number four on your list is website security. So um, I, I suppose a lot of small business owners will publish a website or have someone else publish a website on their behalf and then forget about it. And that perhaps means maybe having a WordPress site that's just not updated at all. Is that one of your main concerns with regards to website security or are there other areas as well? That and also, um, and I'm speaking from <laughs> from personal experience, um, there's I, I, what, I, what I find fascinating and wonderful about, about the the World Wide Web is that there are so many people that are wanting to do good and putting some great stuff up online. You know, so for example, what the first book that I self-published, um, I put up online and bought the name of the book, the title.com mm. at the end, and I bought that domain, and I didn't buy anything else. 
Um, and then about two years later, uh, somebody had completely copied word for word, picture for picture, my website and tried to sell my book on dot, um, on, an, on another dot com or dot com dot au or dot net or whatever. Right. So basically it was, a, it was an internet copycatter who stole my content and tried to sell, sell my content. Um, thing is though, what I find fascinating is that, is that Taylor Swift in March of 2015 bought adult just to sort of solidify her name online and monopolize that if any, anybody put in, in her name, that it would all be redirected back to her website. This is a brilliant move because I mean, the, What's really bad is somebody copycatting you. But if somebody in the adult film industry takes your name and then redirects it to an adult film industry website, that's your name is, is just completely ruined. So Taylor Swift was really smart in buying up every single web uh, domain, Taylor Swift dot fill in the blank, that it all got redirected to her. So she monopolized her name. Right. So that's what I mean by, by also by website security, that that it's something that, that's very back office, not very front end, not very, you know, up on your, up on your browser, but there are some things in the back office that you need to do to make sure that nobody steals your name. Okay. So, so brand security, I suppose totally. as well. Yeah. Totally. And uh, uh, that kind of morphs into reputation management as well. And um, you, you see a lot of websites that are, or brands up there and you search for the brand and then perhaps the second, third, fourth result are really bad reviews about that brand. And of course <laughs> it's, it's possible to control that, yeah. but um websites don't do that or, or big brands don't do that quite often yeah that's true <laughs> and number five in your list is promo material like uh, business cards so in this uh, digital world it's still necessary to have hard copy promotional material you think I, I i think i think so i also have um i also have a couple other other i not only do branding and and web design i also have a have a voiceover career that i do on the side and i've been doing that for about 15 years now and um the, honestly, the secret to my success of of my voiceover career, and also I also do moderation too, so public speaking and 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 um, emceeing events. I heard your and, voiceover and your TED talk very impressive. Oh yes, thank you so much. <laughs> and um, and so this, I'll, I'll tell you right now, the secret to my success of of booking all my jobs that I do are um, well, business cards are great because you can always hand them out, but the secret to my success is handwritten thank you notes wow okay after a gig so say that that i completed a job on friday monday morning i'll take up my my thank you card which is like a, a postcard right which has my logo on on the front and in the back it's just completely blank and i'll just write literally two to three sentences mm. thank you so much it was a great time and if there was like an insider joke i'll include include that in in there too like thank you so much it was a great time and uh I hope you enjoy the carrots. I don't know, you know, whatever. Um, take care and speak soon, Jonathan. Right, and then you put the put the uh, the mailing address on on it and put a stamp on it, and you mail it out. And I swear, <laughs> everyone writes back and says, "Wow, thank you so much for the for the handwritten thank you note. I never thought of that. That's that's such a great idea. And it's it's something that that you hold in your hand and you go, geez." This person took the time to actually write this out. How often do we re do we receive something in the mail that isn't a bill or an invoice or isn't spam that just says thank you? 
Now, there's a, there's a difference between between writing a thank you email, which everybody can do, versus investing the time of it's it's the same amount of time, but investing the thought into a handwritten thank you note, putting a stamp on it, which costs less than a buck, and putting it in in the in the mailbox. Just that act, especially in this in in today in this day and age where everything's so quick, quick, quick and digitalized, it's something that's completely different that um, used to be in, but now isn't. So that's the, I've just given everything away. The secret to my success is handwritten thank you notes after a job. That's, that's an incredible tip. Um, and you're absolutely, absolutely sure that uh, it's because it's handwritten, not because it's hard copy. Yeah. It's 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 so interesting because uh, what you're saying ties in um, with quite a few people that I've talked to recently about focusing on quality on just a few individuals rather than actually trying to make hundreds and thousands of different contacts, but just not doing quite so well. And of course, you know, I mean, what you're suggesting could perhaps be replicated to a certain degree by um, some kind of automated system of uh, delivering um, a hard copy note once someone's signed up and perhaps given their their physical Mm -hmm. address and, and, and sent out. But that would be pre-printed, pre-written, and, and not that personal thought in relation to carrots or whatever you'd happen to exactly, exactly. I mean, I think in, in like nowadays, like I said before, we're so digitalized and so automated. And, and I, I too have um, autoresponders and, and, and newsletter. And I think it's important to have most definitely to, to get the ball rolling and to, to make a connection and, um, and to just be be in contact today with with one another uh, across the world, it's it's fascinating what we can do now that we have technology. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when it goes a little bit deeper, when there's when there's been a, a more personalized contact that goes deeper than just an autoresponder or a newsletter or an e course, send a card. You know, be like, hey, can I get your address? Can I get your your mailing address? I'd love to send you a card. You know. Um, or, or for example, going back to the thank you cards to my to my clients that I that I have um, the top fifty clients that I have over the year. At the end of the year, I send them um, a, another handwritten thank you card with a little mug full of chocolate or full of like a little Christmas gift or end of the year gift or whatever. And I just send it out, and they go, "Oh, geez, that's amazing!" You know, the chocolate was gone within five minutes, or or you know, or my or my top my top five clients. Um, where I just go, geez, I wouldn't be able to pay the rent without you. I'll send them a bottle of champagne, which costs like 20 bucks, you know, and to send it in the mail with, with shipping is maybe five bucks on top. So 25 bucks compared to the, the tons of money that they gave me for doing the work that I did that year. It's the least that I can do. And they go and they write back and they say, you made Christmas or, um, or New Year's the best it could be with this amazing bottle of champagne. You know? So it's, these, it's the little things that are personalized in this digitalized world. And I think it's just finding the balance between the two. Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on there. I think a lot of people also don't do it because that kind of um, activity is harder to measure than a digital activity. Yeah. Um, but but of course, just because you can't measure it doesn't mean that it doesn't have a massive positive potential impact in your future. Exactly. You, you just have to trust your gut's instinct with regards to the value of doing it. Yeah. Okay, well, let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses on your thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. So what software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? MailChimp. Mm. That was a um, rather quick answer there. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, like, like I was saying before, with this digital world that, that we're living in where we can get in touch with anybody at any time, um, email marketing is, is so important, you know, and, um, and it, I don't think it, it's, it's definitely no longer what it used to be with, you know, a 80, 90% open rate, but it is still important to have. So I would say MailChimp, number one, number two would be, um, uh, uh, what am I using to post into my Facebook group? Um, pro, Procom, 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 Procom. <laughs> can't remember. I always have a difficulty saying it. I can spell it, but I can't say it. Okay, um, I'll do a which, search which, for that after. If I, if exactly. I... Which posts um, to my Facebook group. I've, I've stopped doing um, Facebook, uh, Facebook page because only about 7% of, of the people that, that liked my page actually got to see it. Mm. But now I've, I've transferred everything over to a Facebook group, which is just exploding within the past couple of, couple of months. And um, there, I, I like to, to post things live, but sometimes there are things that I go, you know what, I'd like to post this on this day, or I'd like to make sure that people get this on this day at this time. So I use Procron, Pro is it's called. I use Procron to um, to post those things that I, I just go, you know what, I, I know I'm going to be away on that day, and I really want to post on that day, so I'm going to I'm going to prepare some content in in for the future for with with that. So do you think that brands should start embracing Facebook groups rather than pages now? It, it depends on what you do. Um, so if, if you are a coach, then I would say switch from, from a page to a group because you get, you get more one-on-one, you get more um, back and forth. If you're a, a big brand like Coca-Cola, you're, you're not going to be able to, to, to scale that. You're not going to be able to manage that. So I would say stick with a, stick with a page. You know, so it depends on, on what, what business you have. Or for example, if you're a restaurant, this is, this is genius from the, from the, a new restaurant opened up downstairs from the apartment that I live in. And uh, she's amazing. She's this amazing cook. And it's all about, you know, she's this big mama. Uh, awesome. She cooks amazingly. Right. And she, she posts, she doesn't post the menu on Facebook, which is what a lot of, a lot of restaurants do. She posts, um, maybe one highlight of, you know, Thursday, there's going to be, we're going to be doing our famous burgers, you know, mm. um, interested, you know, and, and call to make a reservation. And she honestly, it's so hard to get a seat in a restaurant because of the way that she's marketing. That's different from everybody else, you know? So, or she'll, she'll just say, you know, if the weather's going to be gorgeous, then the next day she'll, she'll do a, uh, she'll post a picture of, of, you know, one of the other days that were sunny and everybody sitting out on the terrace. And she says, you know, reserve your spot. You know, tomorrow's going to be gorgeous. I got this amazing new recipe that I'm going to try out. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I think you'll like it. Make a reservation, you know. So she she has a really great way of keep making you feel like you're on the inside of the, on her, on her VIP list, um, even though it's a Facebook page. I think that uh, Steve Jobs um, had something with Think Different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. Oh, here's a slightly more challenging question. What piece yeah. of software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you intend to try at some point in the near future? Periscope. Wow, you haven't tried it yet. I, okay, I'm, I'm on it. <laughs> um, and I've been, I've, been watching people, pe- I've been watching people, but I haven't really used it yet. Mm. And I know I'm a little bit of a late bloomer on this. It's just been a really busy summer. But, um, but yeah, I'm really excited to, to dive into Periscope in the fall. There's there's a lot of potential there. I mean, I've I've, I've tried it a bit. It's um, it's 
I think it's important with a, a, a new opportunity like that not to just um, completely drop everything and move on to it because obviously you've got existing systems and things that you sh- shouldn't necessarily be dropping because you've tested them all before, but exactly. it's intriguing. Um, okay, well, I'll, I'll include all the links to different recommendations that you've made there in the, the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com, but moving on to... I wish I would have. So I'd like you to look back in the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? I wish I would have researched more before I launched something. Um, I had a... <laughs> or I, I wish I wish I, I also wouldn't have been so... Um, so naive. <laughs> and so, for so for example, the, the very very first digital thing that I ever had online, which is which is complete, com- like everything what you're not what you shouldn't do, is I thought that like you know Runtastic, right? You listen to the music or it charts where you're going. I thought I'm going to do something like Runtastic, but with music that I put together with all my music friends and they they and give them some some exposure. Um, but I'm not going to give any free trial. If you, if you want in, then you get to pay full price, you know? And of course, nobody bought it because they couldn't test it out for free, you mm. know? So basically, I did I did everything that you're not supposed to do um, with this first first digital um, product that I had. But but hey, I learned so much. But I, but the thing, thing was, I was like, I was very, very naive and I, I didn't really um, know the ins and outs of how things sh- usually go. And I just thought, oh, yeah, everybody's going to get into this. So I didn't research. Now I'm a huge researcher and I test things out before investing a lot of money or investing a lot of time and energy into something. I test and I research and I make sure that things are going in the right direction. And I'm not afraid to to adjust and change course um, on the 11th hour when I just say, you know, this isn't working, but let's try this. So by all means, come up, uh, feel like you can come up with something novel, but don't think you can reinvent the wheel by just trying a completely different business model that doesn't exist. Totally, totally. The this or that round. So this is the quick response round, 10 quick questions, just two rows here. Try not to think about the answer too much, and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. Ready? (laughs) Ready to go? Yes. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Affiliate. Facebook or Google Plus? Facebook. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? Both. Paid search or SEO? Paid search. Email contact form or telephone number? Email contact form. Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Local. <laughs> Most people would leave the both. At the same time, then, then it would be <laughs> that last question. But online press releases are still quite important to you. Um, for for me, for the businesses that I run, um, not so maybe not so much for for other people, but but yeah. Because that's quite interesting. Because um, obviously, we're talking before about the importance of um, quality. Um, limited relationships rather than actually just going for the masses um so probably the majority of people now go for one one relations over um online press releases so i was kind of expecting you to go for that to be honest yeah it's 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 i think it depends on what the online press release is Hmm. um so (laughs) i'm 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 
totally shifting this this entire year into if it's not fun then don't do it right, right. so yeah. so online press release is when when you when you say press it's all like oh geez it has to be all official and formal and suit and tie and and you know and and, and the reason why I said online press release is because um, I did an online press release for a um, a quiz like a like a you know those personality quizzes from that you do on online sure um, so I created one that that um, ties into an an, e an online course that you can learn more about and 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 learn from me for for this online course and uh, I just put it out there and and it just took off it just went viral without me having to do anything so then I said oh okay this this is apparently resonates with a lot of people let's try an online press release with this and I did it and it went even it went even more viral so it was it was like okay great you know so so on some things it works, on other things it doesn't. It's just, it's the other thing of like, you can never tell, you can never publish something and think, okay, this is going to go viral or this isn't, you know, it's it's always something that that's like, okay, let's just try it and, and see how it goes. So was that just using a service like prweb.com? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The $10,000 question. So if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Um, I'm, I'm really into, and I'm really starting to fine tune and get a lot of uh, positive analytics from Facebook ads. Okay. And where do you drive your traffic to? Um, to the, to the fun quiz that I do, to online courses that I do, to free webinars that I do that I upsell to my online courses, um, to my web design company. Um, yeah. So a lot of testing. Do you do t Facebook retargeting as well, or is it mainly just yeah. fresh? Yeah, you do. Yeah. So I'll, I, the past couple of years I've been playing with it and, and just, just not investing too much, too much money, you know, like a buck or two a, a day just mm. to see, okay, how's this going? And then when when something really takes off, then it's like, oh, okay, I learned that from that. So now with with all the different things that I'm doing, um, I'm really investing a lot of time and energy and a little bit more money into really targeting my my Facebook ads to astounding success. It's it's been really quite amazing to see how that's taken off. Lovely. Okay, I, I love the test and learn approach as well. And. Oh, um... yeah, totally. My number one takeaway. Well, Jonathan, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Don't do it unless it's fun. <laughs> I is, love this that. Is, yeah. This is a this is a huge a huge turnaround for me, a, a huge adjust a pivot point for me. I was doing everything like that, that you're supposed to do, you know, like um, article submission and. And you know, guest blog posting and all, and I tried all those different those different things out, and it became so tedious, and I was just so pissed off with everything, you know. And then um, you know, I was just chatting with some friends, and they were just saying, you know, this doesn't seem like fun for you anymore. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm not mm. having any fun. So they said, you know, why don't you why don't you try to do something that is fun? You know, I'm like, well, like what? You know. And then they said, I don't know, just just test it out. And and I tested like like I keep saying before, test, 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 test. Um, and I just just start I gave myself permission to play around, so I started to play around, and then then I came across you know this fun quiz that I did. I'm like, oh, maybe well, I'll create a quiz, and then boom, that quiz went viral. It's like, geez, that was a lot of fun to do. I didn't even think that it was it was going to be anything really serious, and geez, that's been a huge push in the right direction. 
okay, let me have a bit more fun with my Facebook group. Oh, wow, that's that's that really resonates with me and I can help people more one-on-one. Excellent. Okay, what are the other fun things that I can do within the digital marketing realm that I actually enjoy? Free webinars. Love doing free webinars. That's even if it's if I'm if I'm not upselling any, anything, just to just to have one-on-one Q and A with 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 my tribe, you know, um, that's fun to me. Okay, do more of that. So everybody is is individual and everybody is different, and everybody can have fun in their own specific way. So I would just say, if it's not fun, don't do it. If it is fun, hey, that's the direction you should be going in. Completely agree with you. Uh, I mean, I've done every form of digital marketing under the sun, just about. But um, mm. I've 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 retracted to focus on the areas that I find most fu- most fun, and I I love podcasting, um, and that's that that's something that I love to do. Now up to 100, 120 episodes of digital marketing radio now. So um, I reckon that just about takes us to the end of our discussion today. So thank you so much for your time and your advice. What, what's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Oh, sure thing. Um, to learn more about, about me, go to jonathantilly.com and check out my website where I help creative people transition into successful creative freelancers and also entrepreneurs and small business owners at jonathantilly.com with my website makeovers, my e-courses, and also public speaking. Wonderful. And thank you, dear listener, for joining us as well. If you like what you heard, I really appreciate your feedback. Just go to digitalmarketingradio.com slash iTunes and please leave an honest rating and review. It'd be absolutely fab to hear from you, of course. It would help the ratings and the, the rankings of the show in iTunes. And finally, I'm also hosting a brand new live show every Friday called This Week in Organic. So head over to thisweekinorganic.com to find out more about that. So that's all for now. Adios and... Um, Thank you, Jonathan. You're a great guest. Thank you. Thank you for having me.